All right, let's do it. It's hit the books time, part of the Hammer Betting Network, week 10 edition already of the college football season, alongside the man, the myth, the legend himself, Mr. Joey Kanish. I am Brad Powers. Before we get to a big time slate of some of the biggest games of the entire college football season, we always look back to what we just witnessed, who impressed us, who didn't. How did our best bets go? And then, of course, at the very end, we'll give you some best bets, whether you want to follow or maybe fade them, considering what they've done the last three weeks. That's your. We'll, we'll leave it up to you guys. You're choosing. But before we talk about best bets, first off, it's become uh, you know a theme here. We like to kick off the show each and every week. And I got to tell you, Kanish, I was involved with your Detroit Lions yesterday. Oh. And I was when it was fourteen nothing. I was not looking forward to the show. Just put it this way, because I bet the, I laid the three with the Dolphins, and I'm like, "There's no way." But then again, there's a reason why you bet against the Detroit Lions because you're never out of it. I mean, what the hell was that, man? Fourteen nothing. You guys look good. Uh, you know, greatest show on turf, baby. Uh, I, I mean, like, it's one of the you know absolutely fantastic offense. Uh, but uh, you know, unfortunately. Couple of bad calls, couple of, you know, obviously the NFL's against this year. So, um, yeah, it's a, you know, uh, what can you do when the, when the man, when Roger Goodell's keeping you down from, uh, from, you know, winning a, uh, division title. So, uh, so you, sadly, sadly, another loss, uh, another non cover. Uh, but we move forward. Uh, that's all we can do at this point. And by move forward, I mean uh, start looking at which quarterback uh, you know we want to take here in the top three pick. Uh, is Mr. Kneecaps going to make it to year three? I think he'll be fine. Uh, I'm not, I don't – again, I'm not big on like – I saw we fired our DB coach today. Uh, well, you know, I, I would we, – we should probably uh, – you know, get some uh, people in the secondary that can cover. Uh, if, if you're going to, I'm not sure it's his fault, but um, again, I'm not, I, I think it's more of a, a roster issue than a coaching issue, but uh, I know some people feel differently. So, um, but yeah, I, w- I would give Campbell another year. Um, I, 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 to me, I, it's not a, uh, I'm not, I'm not on the Dan Campbell needs to go bandwagon. Uh, I just think they, they need to bring in more players. Let's stay in the state of Michigan, and we'll get the best bets here. We were no, involved this in is the state what of we're Michigan. Talking about. This, is, what, this is what's happening in Michigan. Yeah. So a lot of news there on and off the field in the state of Michigan. We were on the field. We took Sparty plus 23. Let me tell you, thank God for those field goals instead of touchdowns because Michigan dominated the line of scrimmage. I didn't necessarily feel great about it. We obviously saw – Harbaugh at the end of the game, still try to go for the jugular. He was trying to score and put another one on the board, but we did take home Michigan State. I'd like to see a little bit more fight on the field, like we saw extracurricular activities in the tunnel afterwards, but nonetheless, they cover for the both of us, but I don't know how you don't come away from that one being another game where you're impressed with uh, the Wolverines. What did you see, Kanish? I mean, I'm not saying Mel Tucker should be, you know, held liable with federal charges, but I'm also not saying it. I don't, you know, listen, three, five years in jail, whatever it takes to, to clean that program up. Uh, I'm not, I'm not going to say it shouldn't happen. But, yeah, I, I but, you know, if I want to nitpick uh, either the, the red zone issues kind of kind of popped up for Michigan again. Uh, obviously, we'll, we'll take the winner there with the points. Do I think uh, 
Michigan State should have got probably not. If I'm being out there, I, I thought they're you know they had a uh, the one drive to Keon Coleman in the second half. Uh, their offense just like absolutely yeah. like, uh, for most until garbage like absolute garbage time. They didn't have a first down in the second half, um, and it, it was a team that uh, again now they'll have, they have some suspensions going forward at the. Yeah, you know, Illinois is probably the biggest mover, I think, of any uh, circle opener is the, uh, the Illinois line that, that got blasted a few times and now I think 17 in some places. So, yeah, it's a bad Michigan State team. Um, I thought even some of the guys they got back, uh, Jacob Slade, uh, Jane Reed, neither of them were, were very effective. So, yeah, I think we're a bit fortunate to cover there. But, again, Michigan should uh, – should keep rolling. I think, yeah, we're on we're on course for the uh, the eleven and zero, you know, battle of the Titans uh, against versus Ohio State. Absolutely, I uh, can't wait for that one. Uh, another winner. We'll start with the positive. Florida State came home. Probably was a little bit, you know, we talked about a fortunate cover with Michigan State. Uh, you know, almost were unfortunate in the Florida State game. I mean, I just I thought Florida State. You look at the scoreboard. Maybe you didn't think total domination, but it really wasn't a box score. So. That came home. I won't uh, talk about that one too much. Uh, you're going to have to speak, though. It's usually me, you know, weighing us down on this show. But Rutgers, uh, uh, Old Dominion, uh, what say you, man? Well, what, let what, me what uh, tell you. I, I mean, Rut- first of all, uh, <laughs> I don't know what they paid. I know that, that, that Gavin Wiss is, uh, you know, the Rutgers people. This is it's like the second, it's like third time in 10. Oh, we got our quarterback of the future. This kid's electric. We gave him a big NIL. Let me tell you something. He looks like the Juan Mathis. From down. He can't do any. He didn't have any rushing yardage. He was like six. I got, I got one of the Rutgers slappies text me. Oh, he looks pretty good. He was like six for 18 for 60 yards. They know it looks terrible. He's not good. And he's not going to be good. Let me tell you, you're, when you're this far in your career, and even a freshman, I know a true freshman, he's only 18. He sucks. And so do they. They, and he, I know he had a few drop passes, but a goose egg, zero points for Minnesota. So. Um, yeah, there was a few drives there, uh, a little frustrated not to, to covers, but I'm not going to, you know, make a meal and say that they should have, cause that team is garbage. Um, old dominion. I, I was a little surprised. I thought, you know, for a while there, I thought they, you know, they had that control of that game in the first day. It reminded me a little of the, uh, not the, the full on wake forest meltdown, but they had the lead in the first half. They're moving the ball. Well, second half just fell apart on them. Um, yeah, so yeah, no, we gotta get a turn around here with the uh, you know the the best bed runs because uh, obviously those those two were we're not getting it done, Mister Powers. No, but we'll be all right. I'm pretty confident this week that, that we got a few winners. Uh, more on that here in a little bit. Uh, let's talk teams that impressed us. I'll start with the obvious: Tennessee absolutely destroyed Kentucky. Look ahead to Georgia. I didn't see it. Obviously, they were laser focused, especially on the defense side of the ball. I mean, I wasn't really involved in that game. I was scared that Kentucky could play a really good game, hold you know Tennessee in check, and then boom, bang, couple big plays, and you got a loser. Uh, so I really, I, I didn't, you know, have a say in the fight other than the fact that uh, I think that result gave us a little bit of a cheap, cheaper number this week. I'm going to be anxious to hear your thoughts as, uh, in about ten minutes when we get to that game. But uh, what'd you see with the Volunteers? I mean, they had to impress you. Yeah, I mean, it was a, a – to- I mean, I guess more of my thoughts are on, uh, you know, a future number one pick, Will Levis there, that in a game that they couldn't run the ball and that, that the only way they were going to be able to compete was to get, you know, into the 
the, the 30s on, on his arm, and he has uh, maybe the worst game of his college career, uh, 98 yards, uh, three picks, couple pick sixes. Um, I, just a continued story of a guy that I've, I've never seen it with. I've never – I don't – I don't – I know he can throw the ball a long way, but uh, I don't know. He's just like 1990 NFL where that, like, people drafted guys because they, they could throw the ball yeah. far. Uh, I think it feels like we've come we've come farther than that in uh, QB analysis. So, yeah, he wasn't good. Tennessee, hey, I don't know. I, 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 I don't – I don't want to – I don't think they're as good as that LSU team, um, you know, that, that, that rode the wave all the way and just kept – you know, it was probably till the end of the season where you were. They still had value. It was like people couldn't believe it. I don't think they're that good. You know, um, but I don't. I don't know. I mean, the, their offense is just. Uh, you know, when you said the system, they had three NFL receivers. Uh, they're going to be tight. It's a Georgia team that's been. Eh, you know, kind of. Uh, kind of. You know, not overly impressive here for a bit of. Again, do I? Am I, am I going to back Tennessee this week? No, I'm going to sit there and hope that, uh, you know, I can probably take uh, Georgia around pick live because I got so many Tennessee futures, SEC, at absurd numbers. So, um, yeah, I think the number's now getting a little cheap this week. But, maybe again, it's hard yeah. for me to, to build a case against them because the offense is just electric week in, week out. It's funny you mentioned 2019 LSU because I think that's a decent comparison, at least at this point. I probably need – this week's data point to confirm yeah. if they do, then I mean, they, they might be going on a similar run. Uh, I just need one more data point. I mean, Alabama game, I'm not, they were obviously the right side there, but that still could have been a loss easily, even with Alabama sleep in the second quarter. Yeah. So uh, looking forward to this week. Uh, another guy that impressed me, uh, not even a team, but the guy bailed out is a team single handedly on the road. And that's, JTT, uh, I'm not even going to – Tui Molo Ao, I think. Tui. <laughs> yeah, I mean, six tackles, three tackles for loss, two sacks, force fumble, strip sack, fumble recovery, pick six. I mean, he had the best defensive individual game performance of probably anybody in college football, not only this year but the last several years. So he bails uh, Ohio State team that was up against it. Now I'll say this for – I'm con- more concerned, obviously, for the Buckeyes. You're probably more happy to, to, to think, you know, uh, can they match Michigan's physicality? I will say this. When you're crushing teams week after week and all of a sudden you find yourself behind on the road for the first time this year, I, you, you got to be somewhat impressed. They at least answered the bell and, and came back because I've seen a lot of teams in the first time in that situation pulled up. So, uh, you know, th- they answer. I wasn't overly that impressed. I think if Penn State has a better quarterback other than Sean Clifford, uh, keep in mind that Will Levis couldn't even beat out Sean Clifford at Penn yeah. State. And you want to draft him in the top ten? Come on. Hey, uh, no. uh, <laughs> I, I just – I don't know. That was still, though, the same Penn State team that Michigan just absolutely destroyed. So I that, that wasn't a great look for the Buckeyes, to, to be perfectly honest with you. I've actually downgraded them in my power ranks slightly. What did you see there? Yeah, you know, it seems like their offense seems to, to go through some swoons here, even you know, with all the talent and stuff. Um, it, it seems if, if you've got some players and kind of running the right system, they, they kind of go through uh, a little bit of waves in that, especially when um, if you can stop them from, from running the ball there. Um, the, the thing I would say in, the, in Ohio State's defense is, uh, especially compared to last year, is not only, you know, everybody knows about the Jim Knowles, but that they finally got some dude, like some actual, like, you know, the – that I'd say last year's defense went through a little bit of a lull where you're like, 
this this is a team that for years and years had you know first round corner, first round safety, first round, yeah. and, and like it doesn't they didn't still had players. It's not like they were devoid of talent, but they didn't have elite elite guys. Um, it seems like one Zach Harrison has finally turned looked like he's turned into the player that people thought he should be for three four years. Uh, and as you mentioned, JTT. Um, who, who kind of looks like like just you know one of the all time recruiting sagas? Uh, where was he going? Uh, you know, yeah. threw it out forever, uh, and looks like he's he's the goods uh, as a guy that's probably a first round pass rusher. So that gives them an element that that they didn't have last year, um, and, and I, it absolutely makes them makes them more dangerous in terms of a national title contender. So, um, but yeah, you know, as you've mentioned, Michigan kind of runs that this. This, you know, it's kind of the system that if you want to go up against and beat an Ohio State, it's probably in that manner. Um, I think I Michigan's passing offense is, is good enough to, to get, you know, I don't know. I don't know. It's It hasn't looked great, uh, crisp enough the, the last few weeks, but you know, both teams, neither team is is uh, without a, you know, without a flaw. Uh, I think that's kind of the, the theme of the, the season here is um, there's just – Nobody up there that that seems unbeatable uh, on any given day. That that you know e- each team has a a and and it's one of those where you might go into the playoff this year um, where like not not having a great feel of who's going to come out and win it, which I, I guess adds some intrigue. It's not, you know kind of nice to go into a without you know uh, okay. you know going in with a 14, 17 point uh, you know uh, favorite here in the semifinal. So uh, I'm excited to see how some of these. Uh, play out uh and finally some you know some where like legitimately five or six teams this year can probably win the national title oh wow i'm not saying ohio state georgia bama michigan tennessee would you say all five of those have a legitimate shot i mean i'm not there yet on michigan and tennessee i'm just not uh ask me after this week's game for tennessee I, st- I mean, Michigan's still going to be up against it in Columbus. I just, I mean, they're still uh, you legit national title contender. If you're more than a touchdown underdog, I don't know. I mean, that's just more. But you're right. Uh, seven point dogs better than seventeen. <laughs> I mean, that would seem so. I, I, I hear you in that regard. So, yeah, I, I, I agree. Michigan needs to improve in the past game. You know, one game, and, and I'll ask you for another team that or two that you were impressed with. One game that I think is getting super intriguing is. The week before for Michigan, got Illinois. I mean, that's going to be a very physical game. I'm not saying that Illinois is going to win. Michigan's still going to be a pretty sizable favorite, but that's going to be a very physical game. It's going to be tough for Michigan to get margin on that defense because Illinois, you know, did their part, knocked out a quarterback, and won and covered easily uh, against Nebraska. And it might be end up being a you know a ten and two type of team with their only loss, you know, to, to Michigan prior to probably facing the Buckeyes before, uh, you know, in the Big Ten championship game. So I wanted to mention the fighting Illini there. Any other teams caught your eye in in impressive fashion this week? I I was – they're like one of those teams that I I can't believe – it's like a a Tennessee where you're like, man, every week – like I I watched a lot of that Illinois-Nebraska. Man, this Illinois – like I know I've watched them like four times. I keep waiting for just some of the bottom to fall out. Like they're they're legit good. And it's a team that lost some guys off last year's team to the NFL. Like – uh, then there's safety, the NFL safety, like Tommy DeVito looks relatively, you know, they run the ball every week, no matter, no one's really stopping them, uh, no matter what system against them. So yeah, I, I, I can't, uh, yeah, that, that game is definitely more, uh, intriguing, uh, than I thought it, thought it would be this year. And I, I mean, uh, they've got the, the kind of big 10 West decider against, uh, Purdue coming up next weekend. So 
And I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna win that game. Um, so I mean, yeah, Beal a year two to to kind of not only be able to win this West, but um, to potentially win ten games. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I'm I'm blown away that Illinois can reach this yeah. level uh, in in year two under Brad Beal. I really like it, it's it's incredible uh, what they've been able to do. So and, and I'll give them. Hey, you got to give them all the credit. Yeah, Ryan B in the comments. How Illinois lost to Indiana? Oh my God, I can't, I, I can't believe that game. I mean, it was. No. If they, what's the line on that game if they play again this oh week? Oh my like God, 21? Illinois is favored by three touchdowns, maybe. I don't <laughs> yeah. know. At least seventeen. I mean, <laughs> that's one of the. It's yeah, unbelievable I mean, to me. And but keep in mind, I mean, a lot had to happen. Illinois dominated that game in the box score. They had a, ta- a touchdown taken off the board off a you know a total uh, an outrageous call by the officials. But yeah, that one that one was a little bit of a stutter there. Uh, they come a long way. How dumb am I? I've actually bet Illinois under their season win total. I just I didn't see it at all. I thought they lost too much. They were a very veteran team last year. Yeah, I thought Bielema did a good job of getting them to five wins last year. So uh, wow, I, I honestly could see ten wins. Uh, looking at it, uh, Toledo big road win. They didn't cover, but winning with uh, the backup quarterback and actually dominating the game more than a final. That, that's by Holt there. I, I agree with that. That was good for my win total, I can tell you that. Uh, back-to-back dogs, Missouri and Boise. Yep. Too bad I didn't give them out as a best bet on this show. What an idiot I am. Uh, any other teams? Uh, FIU, oh, oh, cover it, five. FIU, uh, uh, Louisiana Tech. Yeah, we, we kind of mentioned it on this show last week. Keep in mind the, the Louisiana Tech situation. Might be down to third-string quarterback. They were. I don't think they necessarily lost it because of him. I although agree. the second yeah, half wasn't bad. I just think, you know, FIU, since the 73 nothing loss to Western Kentucky, has improved as any team in the country right there with Connecticut. Great first-year story for Mike McIntyre, a team that I thought might be the worst team in the country after week four. All of a sudden, going to flirt with bowl eligibility. So, yeah, I mean, a little bit of a surprise there. No, I agree. Their offense, like they can, they've got a few guys on that. Tyree yeah, Chambers, the other guy that uh, makes it like they've got a few players on offense. Um, and yeah, for McIntyre to, to kind of get them off the mat, uh, and to win. I mean, what was that? Their fourth win in the seat. Like, if you t- told like FIU, I mean, early in the year, if you're like this FIU team is going to win four games, you'd be like, what the four? Why are they playing like uh, the bottom tier, like Colgate every week? Like, so uh, <laughs> no, like I'll yeah, you got McIntyre credit. Uh, Boise, you mentioned about. Boise is back, like back, back. Um, yeah. And uh, they, I they put it, it wasn't even that close to 49 10 at Colorado State. Um, I think they, for you talk about a midseason kind of kind of turnaround team there, uh, a couple of the changes they made, uh, and they are back. Also, I'm, I was up, uh, this is classic Brady Hope, just phenomenal. Like, literally, they make some change. They get quarterback date. They're up a few touchdowns on Hayner. They're going – like, if they win that game, they have San Jose State who's starting to melt. They're probably going to be in position to win that division and play yep. for a conference title. And they let him drive all the way down the field with no timeouts, then get the onside kick, then score on the first play after the onside kick. Um – just vintage Brady brings me all back to the Brady Hoke era uh, of Michigan, just blowing that in disgraceful fashion. Um, so yeah, it was it was a uh, great Mountain West after dark weekend. 
to say the least. Uh, and that transitions nicely to the teams that fell short. San Diego State didn't fall short at the window. They still cashed, but should have been an outright winner when the entire world seemed to be steaming Fresno State with the Jake Hayner news left and right. How would you like to bet Fresno minus seven, closes 11? No shot. Unbelievable. <laughs> no. That was me last week. I'm a, I can't I can't tell you how many of those have happened this year. I'll tell you another team disappointing. We'll stay out west. That Boise's opponent this week, BYU, seven straight non-covers by double digits per game on average for them. I mean, I thought they were in a good spot against East Carolina short week. They're traveling. They're up. They look okay. And I, I'll tell you long-term, I question – the viability of their ability to have success in the Big 12 when they got to play team at week after week against solid competition and not playing like they did in 2020 when everyone jumped on the board for BYU when they're playing, you know, the Western Kentuckys and UTEPs and uh, of the world and they dominated everybody. Uh, not going to see that anytime soon as long as their head coach is there. So big thumbs down for BYU. What team came up short uh, as far as you were concerned last week? Well, you got it on the uh, like the, the the show sheet there. That my oh my god! I know we didn't uh, <laughs> was, we didn't talk about too much Miami for on the Virginia, but I mean, I I don't know if I've seen like a more derp fest football game. Uh, and uh, the ACC's had some classic ones though, over the years, but uh, I Miami like and again they're gonna bring them back. They paid everyone too much money. Uh, I'll tell you what they should do is let uh, Cristobal and Gaddis recruit for another one or two cycles, fire them both, and then bring in a few coaches that can actually coach football in there like Oregon's done uh, to run it. Because, I mean, those two together, like the offense they're running and some of the decisions – the, the four possessions in overtime, neither team gets a first down. Um, at the end, they have, like, the third and goal of the two to yeah. win the game. They have some absurd procedure penalty. Like, they can't get guys on the field right. Just coaching malpractice what is going on there uh, at Miami. Uh, and we've, we've touched on Tony Elliott enough, but we haven't touched on Miami enough because uh, that's a team that, that – more talent at every position group, basically, than Virginia. Um, and basically has to pull out a miracle four overtime, you know, like coin flip win. Uh, disgusting season in South Florida um, from, from the coaching staff all around there. And I'll be surprised. I know, I again, this is Texas A&M's going through and like, oh, we got our, you know, I saw you tweet that. They got the number one cornerback in the nation. I don't know how much the hell that they had to pay that kid to go. They doubled it. They for- paid him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I know he was trending to Florida, and all of a sudden he's going back to Miami. Well, uh, when if you can't coach and these kids come in and they're making a million bucks, let me tell you something, they tune you out real quick. So, uh, yeah, I don't I don't know how that's going to work out there, but uh, just a disastrous first season for Crystal Ball. Let's, let's give uh, a 17-, 18-year-old kid uh, a big bag of cash and, and let him go down on South Beach. wonder how that'll work out. <laughs> yeah. It's not going to be a good look. But I agree with you. At the very least, let Crystal Ball bring in a couple nice recruiting classes and then get rid of them. Because Oregon, big thumbs up for the Ducks <laughs> without Crystal Ball, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Unbelievable how they've taken off. Uh, another team I want to mention, speaking of paying players uh, and overpaying coaches, A&M. I know they came right near expectation as far as the point spread, but they were up on that game. Probably should have won. The fact they gave up almost 400 yards rushing to an Ole Miss team that's banged up, uh, running out of gas, playing the ninth straight week. 
I mean, it just – I don't – I'm not even sure a going to make a bowl game. And that is just unbelievable. You talk about coaching malpractice. You're giving that guy $100 million. You just signed, what, a recruiting class, the, the rumor was $30 million, to not go to a bowl game. I mean, that's – I don't know what the fix is. The buyout's $85 million. Uh, I guess you fire the entire offensive staff. You bring in somebody at offense quarter. But, again, I, I don't know what the fix is. You, no, you got kids making money. I mean, they had to suspend three kids for smoking weed. I'm okay with that, but they were smoking weed in the locker room. Right, that's right. A, that's just a like, problem. Just a blatant, like no. Again, as you said, I don't care about kids, but but just no, like that. That to me speaks of like your coaching staff has no handle over the guy. Like they don't care if these kids are fine lighting up in their locker after a loss and a game, like. They don't give a damn. Like, they don't care about you. Like you have yep. no institutional control. I know a uh, friend of the show, Bud Elliott, mentioned the mess that Jimbo left at Florida State when he left there uh, with their culture. And yeah, the same things happen at A and M. And he's bringing in like you. You give him that fully guaranteed. He brings in his boys, DJ Durkin, who I've never been a huge fan of. You bring in a, the Adazio and his son, who I'm really not a huge fan of. And now you're shocked that you know his offense, which has been stale for. For years, can't get anything done in the SEC. Uh, they need a full. They yeah, as you said, they need a full offensive clean house. Um, and I don't, I don't know. I think you're gonna lose. You're gonna lose some of these kids to the portal that that, that came there oh, and they're yeah. sick of that. So um, yeah, I don't know. I I think they've got to they got to do a full revamp offensive staff. And but does he want like you again? You can tell him he has to do this. He's got ninety million reasons where he can tell you not to do this because you're not gonna cut him a hundred mil to go away. So. Yeah, I'm not sure that that is a uh, they and they they did it to themselves. They set up a tough situation that they can't get out of, um, and and they're just going to have to hope that Jimbo relinquishes control of the offense and brings in a real OC. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, I see. Yeah, it's been it, because if he says no, what what are you going to do? Yeah, I know. I, I I don't know. I I just I don't I. Right now, I don't see him giving up that offense, but, I mean, it is what it is. Uh, Holt brings up Western Kentucky in the chat. Yeah, that was when you're a 10-point favorite and you lose by 27. Yeah, that was not good at all uh, by any North stretch Texas of the imagination. has been there. flying under – like, they're they're kind of a, a team we, have, we haven't touched on on the show, but obviously a team that um, low-key has been flying under the radar. They're real they, – I mean, they can win to you at the Conference USA. Like, yep. they've been putting it together for performances, uh, and it's it, – hey, they're real – and it's a wide open. Like, it, it is, there are no great teams, and that's you – know, so it wouldn't surprise me at all to see them uh, see them win that conference. D- yeah, doing a nice job. Almost beat you – I mean, that's beating Western Kentucky the week after almost beating UTSA on the road and yep. now playing them. I mean, arguably from a power rings aspect, that was two of the top three teams. UAB's obviously taking a major step back. Uh, with a new coach and quarterback hurt there. So you're right, wide open there. Uh, any other teams that fell short of your expectations before we start uh, talking the big games of the week? You know, I'd have to say uh, we're going to go one more uh, outside of the, the, the Pac-12 there. Uh, you know, they, they, again, I know they're they're winning they're winning games there, but the, I think oh. the USC team is uh, – is, is is somehow still winning a game, but you know, letting Arizona going up and down the field there, and you know what the thing like they're seven and one. Then they've got Cal. I mean, they're going to be nine and one um, going to UCLA. And I will say, there's a, uh, a a certain book out there that puts some look aheads. And I before we jumped on the show here, I bet some UCLA uh, in that game here because um, I, I don't 
I, I think they're they're set up for for a certain fall, uh, and that to me is the is the game where it happens. Um, so again, fun to watch, great offensive team. Uh, they're 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 on borrowed time in terms of uh, someone's going to get them, and I think it's UCLA. Yeah, and they follow up with a physical Notre Dame team. That's probably a team they don't want to face. I mean, Notre yeah. Dame doesn't have the quarterback, but Notre Dame's going to punch him in the mouth and be physical like Utah was against them. I, I'll say big picture. You said that their time is coming to an end. I, I'm not sure it's going to be a great look and a great move to the Big Ten for USC. I think that style of offense, what he wants to do, would have been perfect for the Pac-12 winning titles, getting to the playoff and all that. I just don't think playing even the Wisconsin's of the world, Iowa's, traveling across the country, Penn State, Michigan, Ohio State, you don't see any of those type of atmospheres in the Pac-12. I just I don't see – USC being a national title contender in the Big Ten. That's just me personally. Uh, but you're right. I, I kind of – UCLA's a little bit more balanced, can play a little bit better defense, get a stop. I could definitely see that in a couple weeks. Uh, Ryan B, disappointing effort from Rice in the chat. Yeah, I mean, I'd say so when you're a two-touchdown favorite and lose by 33. How about Charlotte the last two weeks? Two-touchdown favorite against FIU, lose by three touchdowns. Two touchdown underdog win by 30. You want to talk about high variance with an interim coach last week. I mean, that's the type of stuff where I I I'm not even I'm not too involved in, in those types of teams when you see stuff like that. Do you find value in betting on and against teams like that? No, I mean, yeah, as you said, I, I've been on some, you know, we, we talked to Chris Reynolds a lot on the show. Uh, you know, I've been in some Charlotte. I've been off the Charlotte roller coaster, though, for a few weeks there. I thought there was some value when you're getting Reynolds back or they were on a vet. I haven't, uh, I haven't touched. I, I can't believe because I thought Rice was having a, you know, kind of an under the radar nice year. And then they get pounded by, uh, you know, a Charlotte team that, that I really, I thought you would be on the map for the rest of the season. Um, yeah, Alex says Boston College. I mean, Three points Ooh. to UConn. Uh, they, they've kind of, they're one of those we've talked, hit, it just has hit the injury point of no return. They're like switching guys from defense over to O-line because they don't have enough yeah. players. Like they they seem to be just total, Phil Jerkovich, uh, I, again, is, is banged up and, and like, because they can't block anybody. That's one that uh, there were some even, I mean, that number opened up. Uh, there were some look-aheads that were like four and a half versus Duke, and now it's up to nine and a half, ten. Um yeah, they're. I think Boston College is, is kind of a dead team walk, and that's that's just hoping to get to the end of the season here. Well, I'd say so. I think they're one and seven now against the spread. You mentioned the offensive line, but I'm going to tell you the team they played, Connecticut. Connecticut banged up at the skill position. They found a way to get it done under a first year coach. So I don't care how bad you are in the offensive line. Still no excuse to uh, the Connecticut game. I know a bunch of turnovers there for BC, but yeah, that that was. <laughs> It'd been a rough year. That they're talking about firing Jeff Halfley. I wouldn't do that yet. Again, I'd give him another year. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I, who are you gonna get? Right, <laughs> I mean, right. Everyone wants to fire everybody. Well, who do you got somebody lined up? I mean, that's better than him. I, I thought he did okay his first couple of years. Let's talk a guy and uh, that is doing a good job at his current uh, uh, place, to say the least. That's Heupel at Tennessee. Biggest game of the week, uh, arguably the year so far in college football. I mean, when you get a one-two matchup, it doesn't happen too often. Uh, we, we do this week with the, in the AP poll, and I'm sure the college football playoff will have Tennessee among the top two. Hey, guess how? TV ratings. And uh, they're traveling to take on Georgia. I'm here to tell you, I haven't bet it this week yet. Uh, I was involved in the preseason. I took, I got bad numbers. 
<laughs> I was on the Georgia side. Uh, so I, I got some negative expectation there, to say the least. I'm about five points short. With that being said, I think the number's a little short. I was expecting closer to 10 here. Uh, what say you, at least an early look at this big game? Yeah, I'm still, you know what, I'm still, and I know, uh, you know, a lot of the modeling systems, any of that stuff is going to show some value on Georgia. I agree. I'm not running, uh, you know, to the window to keep keep jumping on the Tennessee train. I think also, like, this game, if you know, it would be one of those, if this game was in, uh, you know, Rocky Top in a crazy environment, I think even on a shorter number, I'd be more acclimated. Um, I'm, I'm, it, it's a pass for me. Even if I get, I will tell you, if it gets to seven, if I keep getting, you know, I don't think so either. That would be that would be the point where I told myself if it got there, I would buy some. Um, I agree with you. I don't think it does, and and at that point, it, it's it's a stay away for me. Because um, I, I again, as we talked, like it, it's a Tennessee team that seems to be kind of you know hitting above expectations for a lot of weeks. So I'm not going to run up to fate. It would be a Georgia or nothing for me, um, but. It's still, it's still got to be a go a little more if I wanted to actually buy. So I got nothing here on it. How about you? Nothing yet. Uh, I snuck a little bit on the under. Uh, just height. I mean, you got a one-two game, upper 60s. I, I sneak to the under a little bit. I would lean Georgia at eight. I mean, Circa, Westgate, South Point here in town, eight. I see not as high as nines. I think Tennessee will be a very square public underdog. Now they get to the window, but I just think people are going to see that kind of number and love Tennessee. So I'm waiting. I don't think we get there. Yep. I really don't, but I'm going to stand pat and wait. I, I'm lean Georgia, nothing big. I mean, as I t- say this almost each and every week, just because it's the biggest game of the week doesn't mean that I'm running the window to bet it. Although I will be involved in a big game this week. Hint, hint, it's a, a game involving this team here. Uh, yeah, that nothing. I mean, I know it's going to be you know dissected left and right this week. You know this and that Tennessee's offense against Georgia's defense and, and whatnot. I just to me it all comes down to the number, and I, I just I don't see a ton of value. I mean, that's just me. Let's uh, let's move on to the SEC. You'd have thought preseason this might have been the game everyone been talking about. We got a matchup that you know probably historically the last twenty years one of the better matchups in the entire college football world as far as a rivalry. It's LSU and Alabama. You got uh, Alabama, both teams off a bye. Alabama's laying 13 on the road at LSU. Death Valley at night won't be on CBS. It'll be an ESPN game. I did get involved here, nothing big, but I laid 12 with Alabama. I thought it might close 14. That, that was my thought process there. A lot of times it's not necessarily, ooh, I, I'm seeing a lot of value. Uh, when I'm making bets on the openers, a lot of times it's just anticipating market moves and then you know dealing with it later in the week. So, I laid a, bit, a little bit with the Crimson Tide. I'll say, historically speaking, Jane Daniels is the type of quarterback that gives Alabama problems, and I could see him run around, make some plays. But I just think you get a motivated Alabama team that cannot slip up the rest of the season. You got an extra week to prep. You got Will Anderson and that defensive line against still, I think, a questionable LSU offensive line that's at least young. And I, I'm leaning towards the Crimson Tide here. What say you? Yeah, you know, I, I've been, uh, I'll fully admit, I've been burned, uh, you know, a few times uh, in the, by this LSU team that that I thought could be, you know, left for dead, that I didn't have, uh, you know, high preseason expectations for, and I thought, you know, would have, you know, their performance wouldn't uh, kind of trend upwards. And again, it, it, it's, the worst part is it's made me begrudgingly give that, that Dick Brian Kelly some credit on this show uh, for being able to keep that season on track uh, and yeah. have Jaden Daniels looking better. Um 
And so, yeah, that 8-1, to one, but I, I agree with you. I thought, you know, 14 was, uh, you know, the right number here. So I don't blame you getting involved for 12 there. Um, you know, it's a Bama team that you've, you've, you've kind of been waiting to see them, some break out of the shell uh, and, and put it together. But, um, you know, it's it's kind of in that zone for me of a team that – it's I've I've expected LSU to to not hit their you know this level of performance for a few weeks and they keep they keep doing it so it, it kept me off it there um but yeah gun to my head would I you know be laying a Bama you know thirteen or something that was out there yes uh, but I don't have a play on it either way um it, it it would it's just it's two teams that um I guess I don't have a you know feeling well it does look like yeah Chris come you know from twelve came back at Chris there maybe I'll. I'll ride you there and uh, you know uh, jump in on 12 but um it was it was nothing for me currently at the moment there's a few 12 and a halfs out there uh heritage circa buckeye bet us so yeah i think it's worth the lean bet i want to go nuts but i mean again i i'll say this i go back to the auburn game for lsu man that could have went the other way very easily and I don't know what what's the th- what's the thought process and, and at least the narrative about LSU had they lost that game and been right, sitting there right. with three losses. So I mean I I hate to say it, but I, I like for pure entertainment value to look at the message boards and see the meltdowns. And <laughs> <laughs> prior to the last two games for LSU, they wanted Kelly fired or at least his offensive staff. They wanted the quarterback benched, and all of a sudden they beat Florida and Ole Miss, and the the offense comes alive, and now they're the second coming. So. Be careful of that, folks. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) and I've seen, look, I lived Brian Kelly in a big game for more than a decade. I'll just say this. He leaves a little bit to be desired when he's got to step up. So (laughs) we'll we'll see if a new new place uh, is different for him, but I I have my doubts. Speaking of his former place of employment, another big game, a little bit bigger than what maybe we expected even this time last week, thanks to a nice performance from Notre Dame over Syracuse. Clemson comes in off a bye. They're in the top five, although I think, you know, they have some weaknesses. I'm not sure that Notre Dame can exploit them, but short number. I'm a little surprised. I mean, there was even a three this morning. I'll tweet my ticket. I said, thank you very much. Uh, I'm laying it with Clemson. I, I mean, unless you give me a really good, Reason to bet back uh, Notre Dame, uh, I'm going to fade my team here. I just – I got Drew Pine uh, against a, an elite defensive line, and I just don't see a pathway to Notre Dame's success offensively. They're not going to be able to line up and pound it like uh, they've done the last couple of weeks. I know their offensive line's getting better, but also something – got to dive into this. Notre Dame's home away splits are unbelievable. I mean, completely opposite. I mean, they look like a top-10 team away from home. They look like a bottom 10 team at home. I mean, they're covering by two touchdowns per game at uh, away from home at home. They're failing to cover by two touchdowns per game, short sample size, but something's, you know, not connecting there. And speaking of that, keep in mind, uh, Clemson's first trip to Notre Dame in like two generations was 2020. There was no fans allowed in 2020, two years ago. So this is like, you know, one of those, you know, lifetime trips for Clemson. Notre Dame fans, I know them. They're going to be selling tickets, and I'm here to tell you there's probably going to be about 20,000, 25,000 Clemson fans in the stands. So that's probably a little bit of hidden value there. I love Clemson. Talk me out of it. No, I'm, I'm, I, I, I wish I had. You think I'm going to make a case for Notre Dame in the show? No, I don't think so. Uh, no, I'm with you. <laughs> I, uh, I bet a juiced, uh, a juiced three this morning. I'm fine with three and a half. There's actually some cheap three and a halves out there uh, 
in the market, as we just saw in the pull-up. Um, yeah, we can lock that in as a, uh, a double best bet on here because I agree with you. I mean, this is a flat, like even a week ago, some numbers out there that like look at stuff that was like Notre Dame plus eight, plus eight and a half. I saw um, 10 not yeah, too long ago. Yeah. And, and again, nice performance for Syracuse. Uh, this is, again, different ball game going up against Clemson team that – that I think takes away, you know, what Notre Dame really wants to do here um, in terms of what they can do to move the ball. I don't think, you know, how do you attack the Clemson defense? It's been, you know, passing, trying to take yep. advantage of their younger secondary. Notre Dame can't do that on the outside. What do they want to do? They want to run the ball. They want to go to the tight end. It's stuff that Clemson can, you know, has, you know, elite defensive line, can take that away. They'll pressure Drew Pine. Um, so it's, again, hey, it's I, I like, hey, I played some uh, under as well on this one, but. Agree. I, I, again, I, I can't make a great case here. What, what's the best unit on the field, bar none, Clemson's defense? Um, and, again, I, hopefully you'll get a – I know DJU had a, you know, a, a, a kind of a regressive performance there um, versus uh, Syracuse there and, and had a struggle. I think the Clemson offense, uh, I'm, maybe, maybe I'll, I'll give them a pass for one game. I think it was a building that was getting better. Um it's a Notre Dame defense that, again, has had, uh, you know, now that they can go up and against some, uh, you know, elite talent here, you know, they gave, gave up some plays to, to UNLV. Um, yeah. I think they can be had a bit here, uh, and I think you're seeing a, a significant talent delta. So, yeah, numbers cheap for me. Uh, I'll play some juice three. I'm fine with three and a half. Uh, yeah, it's all, it's all Clemson here. Let me ask you this because I'm kind of – I've been a little cautious a little bit. As far as like releasing the whole world, I love Clemson because we saw a ton of Notre Dame money in the market. Now, was that pro Notre Dame or was it, you know, whispers about Syracuse quarterback not being 100 percent? But a lot of I mean, Notre Dame flip favorite. I'm talking a couple hours before that game last week. And Clemson has not been uh, a favorite among the betting market. And their lines to me personally have seemed short for several weeks in a row. Uh, I, I I just don't know where this line's moving. I want to say it's going to blow through four and close in the four and a half range. It's kind of where I made it. And even then it sounds cheap to me. Uh, I, I just, I've been waiting. I mean, when the three pounds, anytime a three pounces, is, I'm going to jump on Clemson big time. But again, I still think I'm going with you. Three and a half is cheap. I just, just a couple weeks ago, I was looking at some look ahead game of the year lines at like Willie Hill and stuff. And, they were all above a touchdown. One borderline had a 10. And I didn't bet Notre Dame at that point because I just I questioned their ability. I mean, I mean, how many points are they going to be able to score here? And Notre Dame's had several breakdowns. They have at least a couple breakdowns every week defensively. They've been okay defensively, but when their offense puts them on the field consistently time and time again, they have breakdowns. And I think they'll have more breakdowns here. I mean, this is the best offense they've faced since North Carolina. So, uh I think Clemson gets margin, and they don't even have to get that much margin. I mean, win, win by four? You're right, and right. We, and we cover? Are you kidding me? I mean, I, I don't know. seems short to me, but uh, we'll see. Clemson, I will say this. Clemson goes unbeaten into the playoffs, and they're playing one of those three other teams. Hell, even maybe your Michigan team or even a Tennessee <laughs> team. I am fading Clemson. I think they they are the weakest of all those teams that we consider contenders. Uh, right now I I just they're not the team that they were four years ago or or even six years ago when Deshaun Watson was there I don't see the elite talent at wide receiver I don't see the elite talent at quarterback defense of line is good 
not as good as we expected. They've been banged up. I just they're a good team. They're just not a they're they're a playoff team, but not a national title team. If that makes sense to you. Yep, I hear you. No, I agree with you. I think it's uh, again it, with you going against up an elite team. I agree. Hopefully, we get one of those spots there uh, that that we can get them on. Um, you know, when they're playing the you know a true elite team, but uh, Notre Dame is not that. I was doing another show earlier, and I gave this one out. I just want your thoughts on this one. It's a big game. I mean, a pair of ranked teams, but I like the bounce-back spot for Wake Forest here. Uh, I mean, after the most brutal quarter of any team had all season in any quarter, they have six turnovers, get outscored by Louisville 35-0. I was against Wake Forest last week. I just think they bounce back this week. I think NC State's – I mean, I guess they can have some optimism with the freshman quarterback for what he did in the second half against Virginia Tech. I just don't expect them to be able to go score for score with Wake Forest. I think you got a coaching mismatch with Clawson versus Dave Duran. Uh, I think you get a very motivated Wake Forest team to bounce back. I, I lean, I'm not going to play it now that it's moved a point and a half, but I'm certainly still leaning Wake Forest. Do you disagree with that one? No, I, I agree with you. I was, I, I played a, a small piece of Wake Forest uh, on the open. Um, I, I agree. I, mean, I think. Probably it should have been a bigger piece, but I was so nauseated from that third quarter against Louisville. I don't know if I could uh, sum it there. I agree with you, NC State. I, I'm I'm a little surprised they, I, they that they went with that Jack Chambers for a few games before putting in Morris because Morris, I tell you, is uh, you know significantly better. Even though he's going to have the you know the freshman troubles in that, um, he offers you a lot more. I mean, it basically offers you the same mobility, but a lot more passing. Um, potential there so but it's an nc state offense that bad, bad offensive line skill position um they they just don't have uh and then i was surprised even you can say devin leary i don't know if he makes that much of a difference into in terms of what they i guess he can you know from zero to ten yards he's more efficient but um yeah he they're, they're they were a bad offense to begin with and now i think it's even worse so i agree are they going to be able to to go score for score with Wake Forest, I don't think so. Um, so yeah, I got no qualms on that one. It would be a, a wake or nothing for me, but I agree. It's, it's kind of moved through some through some keys now, and it's oh, uh, I, I don't know. I can't even describe what happened last week. I know that uh, you know Louisville's got a good defensive front. They had a great game plan, you know, aggressive game plan, but um, yeah, that that fell apart and fell apart quickly. So uh, hopefully, no lingering effect this week for the uh, the Deacons. Well, what happened is Sam Hartman had his one game a year where he's just an absolute turnover machine. Uh, he's got 42 turnovers in his career. He's basically been a five-year starter. 20 of those 42 turnovers have come in five games. So I don't know what it, it just snowballs in these games. I remember the Wisconsin Bowl game, he threw like four straight uh, interceptions. The ACC championship game last year was a complete meltdown turnover-wise, and then this game. But other than that, he's not really a turnover type of guy. Um, you know, in the, in, the, in the other, you know, 35, 40 games that he's played, besides those five, he has 20 turnovers. So less than far, you know, half a turnover a game. So I expect more of that this week. You know, another game I want to mention, get your thoughts on another game that I've already bet. I still even like it, even though it's moved a little bit. Uh, talk me out of Texas. I, I just think I don't mind fading Kansas State off a 48 nothing. you know, beat down uh, their best performance as a program in a decade. And Texas off a of bye. I mean, I know they don't do, as always, the little things well. But, I mean, you changed three plays, and this is a Texas team that's 8-0. I mean – Change my mind on this one. Why am I? Why am I not making Texas the best bet on this show? 
Oh, you know, I'm not not as as bullish uh, on this one. Wow. I, I will admit with you, Ayer. Um, I was I was a little concerned of of what you know what the Texas offense looked like there uh, at the, at the end of the they were they were I, I don't know if Quinn Ewers was hurt or what it was looking like, but the offense kind of went into like a you know a disaster mode there uh, in the last loss, and it's a Kansas State team that that, that again they. They can put up points. They can pound the rock on you. They got uh, Howard was looking good. I again, am I, do I think there's any value in the number? Uh, you know, I can't say absolutely not. It would anything be at you know, all some value? At, uh, I wouldn't talk anybody out of, of playing Texas two and a half there. Um, but it's one for me that that I am. Uh, this is going to be a, a stay off for me because um, I'm, I'm a little. Um, I'm just concerned of of what Texas was. What happened there um, at the end of that? That and I know there was some, you know, is is Uber's a hundred percent? What does it look like? So that that would be more the uh, the concern I had there. But again, you're getting them uh, with a you know a bye week there. He should be healthier, you would think. Um, but going to Manhattan, no easy task against a team that I'm not sure is the uh, the most resolute uh, you know team under Sark. So. That one's a pass for me, uh, but hey, I'm not going to blame you on a, you know some line value there, two and a half. Yeah, let me talk line value real quick. I mean, they both just played Oklahoma State was their last opponent they played. I mean, Texas was laying six and a half on the road. Kansas State's laying two and a half to Oklahoma State at home. So I just I'm looking for overreaction to performances time this time of year when when the, the numbers are a little bit tighter. I just think too much upgrade for Kansas State after the win last week. And look. I hear you. I am concerned because it became almost like hero ball when you were throwing up plays. Yeah. It worries me. But also, I mean, come on. Maybe that happens again here. They're on the road. Uh, 14 penalties to zero. <laughs> I mean, that played a part in that loss. I mean, what's this line if they, you know, sneak in and win that game? I, I, I don't know. I mean, going back. Could have beaten Texas Tech. Quinn Ewers doesn't get hurt. They probably beat Alabama. Again, what is this point spread? You just change a couple plays on Texas' season. I still think they're a top-10 team, especially if they play their A game. They're easily a top-10 team. So, uh, all right, uh, I won't give it out as a best bet. Do you have a best bet here? You know, this is this is going to be, uh, uh, you know, if, if you followed the both shows uh, all year, uh, you're going you're to love this one. Um I am going. Finally, the, the 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 officers called me home, and I'm boarding the ship, and uh, I'm I'm getting on board with the Naval Academy. Uh, with the backup I, quarterback, I, I finally catch them on there. And uh, listen, I, I can't even even with the quarterback trouble there. I can't. I know there's some. I was able to grab some 21, 21 and a half. There's actually a twenty-two to last. Said, um, I'm still okay at twenty and a half. I, I don't. I think their defense still relatively competitive. It's been better than than I have to give them credit for all year. And it's a Cincinnati team that 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 can't that, that just hasn't been able to move the ball consistently on anybody with a pulse. Um, and so you're giving me three touchdowns here in a game that's going to be both teams go super slow. Um, you know, it, it's just going to be limited possessions. If you're Cincinnati to cover this number here, you almost you, you have to be like. You can't have any turnovers. You have to play a super clean game. Um, you're, you're talking one delta here, um, and if you're not getting any, you know, one explosive play. So, yeah, I, I again, they didn't look great for Temple. I had some Temple there. Um, 
I can't get it. it when, when I get at Naval Academy in the spot there where where I can get three touchdowns uh, against a slow against a team that does not pass, pass and slows in this runs it, you know, very slow, slow tempo. I just got to take it. So, hey, give me the midshipmen. Uh, give me the middies. I'm, I'm jumping back on board here. Been fading them all year, but this is the this is spot for me that I like to back them. Whew. Uh, you got bigger, you know, no one's going to question it ever at any point, but you got uh, you got bigger balls than I do on that one. I, I don't know. I, I question the ability of the backup quarterback, man. I would have preferred to catch Cincinnati off a win against UCF, even though I bet against them. Than off a loss. So I'm not going to disagree in the fact that you're right. Everything you said is correct. A low, a low amount of possession game. And obviously you want to take the, the big time point spread there. So I, I'll get to a few of these in the chat while I'm looking for another best bet. Uh, under Air Force Army, I hear you. I mean, there's probably not a better bet if you're, you're a system or trend guy than service academy games under when they play each other. Although I'd wait, looks like the over just got popped again. It opened. I thought Circa's opener was sharp, thirty-eight and a half, and it's up to forty-one. So I'll tell you what people are betting. They're betting these two teams' scoring averages for the season, and it says this line's probably <laughs> should be fifty-one, not forty-one. So uh, I'd wait. Make sure you get you know forty-one is certainly you know can be a relatively key number. I mean twenty-one fourteen. Uh, you know, you got to push. So, so wait, maybe you get a 41 and a half, uh, here, uh, in this one, but yeah, I eventually, I will probably get to the window on the under there. That was uh Crestman there. Liberty plus 14 against Arkansas. I probably need a 14 and a half. Uh, 14 is a really good number in the market right now. Cause it's really painted 13 and a half circa open at 14. I, I wanted 14 and a half to bet Liberty there. I mean, Hugh freeze is as good of a bet as anybody. Uh, that was from Brett there. Uh, I, I don't disagree with that one. Uh, I'm looking for another best bet. Since I'm going to uh, go one more, and you, you know one? what? It, it's going to be uh, a team that we, we talked about earlier in the show, devastating lost, uh, you know, against uh, my, my former dad, Brady Hoke. Um, I'm going to go San Diego State here. Now that it's team, this one took some money and got through the seven. Um I got a five and a half earlier today. There's still a six out there. Um, you know, Doug Brumfield, will he be back? Will he not be back? I'm not sure. I'm still okay if it's Brumfield. But San Diego State, again, this is a team that was going back against Fresno with everybody back. Looked fantastic for, for 56 minutes. Um, liked the way their new quarterback looked. Liked the way the defense was playing. And it's a UNLV team that that has just been, uh, and I know they've had injuries. They might get a couple guys back here. Um but just been declining throughout the season after looking, you know, relatively live early in the year. Um, I just think they won't be able to move the ball here on what San Diego State can prevent. And the San Diego State offense looked as good as I've seen it in a long time versus Fresno. A uh, Fresno defense that's much better than what UNLV puts on the field. So under a touchdown there, uh, shop it because there's uh, some flat six out there. I like San Diego State. Uh, shopping around, I'm going to give a few that if you got th- th- these uh, numbers available to you, Florida State minus seven, I think is really good against Miami. I think Florida State's undervalued. I think Miami's a piece of crap. I know it's a rivalry game, but I question Miami's ability to keep that one close. So that's at Circus seven uh, there. Uh, we're not going to make it official best bet. It's got to be painted. Uh, talk me out of this one. I like the over in the UCLA-Arizona State game. I think Arizona State offensively, completely different. You don't have Herm Edwards 
and that slow-plotting offense. They went to a different quarterback last week. I know it's Colorado, but, hell, this quarterback went up and down the field on Washington as well when Emory Jones got hurt. I mean, they're capable of putting up 28, and I think, uh, you know, UCLA can score well into the 40s uh, here against an Arizona State defense that just gave up 34 points to a terrible Colorado offense. So I just think this one should probably be closing 65, 66 we saw some early money put this down. I think there was some market manipulation, got down to 62. It ticked back up to 63. I kind of like UCLA, Arizona State over 63. What say you? Yep. No, I like that. I agree with you. I don't think the the new quarterback uh, change totally factored in there. Um, and as you said, going to be more pass. He, look, he looked fantastic. I'm surprised that they went back to Jones even after the uh, the yeah. first switch there. So I think that's um, that's probably his job now. Uh, and the offense, yeah, as you said, it's it's kind of a night and day from what Herm Edwards want to do. Thank God for Arizona State. So yeah, got no qualms against me for that one. I uh, I like the over there. Michael Schultz in the stat in the chat says fade TCU. I agree. I was ten earlier today. That was going to be a best bet on the show. Uh, Texas Tech plus ten. I, I know Texas Tech was a best bet last week on this show and got destroyed. But when when you you have four or five turnovers, I mean that's what happens, folks. I mean uh, I, I still am a believer in this Texas Tech team. I mean, TCU is the most fortunate team in America. Uh, they get another cover. Kudos. They're aggressive, but they throw up a touchdown for grabs. They get another cover against West Virginia. I don't know how many weeks they can do this consistently in a row, whether they're injuring opposing quarterbacks, opposing quarterbacks getting hurt, getting late backdoor covers, You know, benefiting from a third-string quarterback against Kansas State and an 18-point come-from-behind win. Yeah, Texas Tech for me plus 9.5. Uh, 10, 10, it was a best bet, uh, you know, on this show. It's just, you know, somebody hit it about an, a couple hours ago when I didn't have power, when somebody hit my uh, power <laughs> pole out, outside uh, the complex here. Yeah. So I got you. I got to remember to Venmo that guy, uh, you know, for, for taking that out there. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I, I, I like, again, this one, you know, look ahead six and a half. Um, TCU gets a miracle cover. Texas tech has a, has a five turnover game. Now yep. we're sitting 10. Um, yeah, and it's, listen, is a TCU team that that you know have futures on, been bullish on, have bet a few times. Uh, but I mean, they're they're like the the you know the the mid middle of the country T, USC here with the with the luck they've got with the quarterback and the turnovers and the games they've played. Um, yeah, I mean that was a game they could have lost for West Virginia, um, and now uh, Texas Tech team that. Again, they, they again Baylor's defense they provided them a lot of challenges. Had a great game plan. TCU's defense doesn't really do. I mean, they, they've been quite underwhelming for most of the year. Um, and so, yeah, 10, ten all day. I, I listen. If you want to buy a ten, one twenty, or uh, a nine and a half, it's it'd still be a play for me on Texas Tech. All right, I'll take culpability there. I'll take Texas Tech because I'll have total regrets if Texas Tech wins the game outright. And so many times they use a best bet in the very next week and next three weeks they go and cover on a run there. And I just think TCU, and we're getting to Sonny Dykes in November where his team looks like world beaters year after year with SMU and then they just faded down the stretch. And look, there's a lot of things that TCU does right and they've been a surprise, but you can't continue this run. Uh, it's just not sustainable. So, I'll go on record. I'll take Texas Tech as a best bet. We'll, we'll lock that one in as far as a best bet. Uh, Ryan B. in the chat, Iowa steam against Purdue. Boilers look cheap now. 
Uh, I'm part of the Iowa team now. I was just betting numbers. I took seven. I was like, I think it closes below seven. I mean, it's when I make 50 bets in 10 minutes on Sunday. So that was, I did bet Iowa plus seven just because I thought there's, uh, it'll close at least six. I thought, uh, did you bet that one? Were you part? Are you part of those Iowa team that, I mean, hell, it got down to four. There's been some buyback on Purdue today. Yeah, no, I I, I didn't uh, I didn't join you on that one. I was actually looking for a little bit lower a Purdue number to jump in and never got there. Then it got caught the buyback early. So now in a zone, I wouldn't touch it. Um, but yeah, at seven, I, I don't agree. I I don't disagree with your play whatsoever. The Maxion talk. The 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 unfortunate part is there you um, go. Uh, it just I I wish we had more Maxion talk, but everything that that I would have given out has steamed. Now Bowling Green got steamed, Kent State got steamed, Buffalo got steamed. Those all would have been plays yesterday. Oh, um, I steamed every total. I thought was way off. Oh really? Yeah, you're, you're probably uh, anything still. I I played sides. I did not actually get uh, get too involved in the totals on that so far. <laughs> Kent State was sixty six and a half under. I mean, it's still Kent State total, but sixty six and a half too high. Market agreed. Uh, Buffalo over fifty five and a half. That's moved three points. Central Michigan over. That's moved five. I even bet Western Michigan over. That's moved two and a half. I just, I, 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 thankfully, I don't think the bots were involved. I think they're out. Uh, whoever was betting those openers, they must be prepping for college basketball. Because I had, I didn't expect it, but I had a field day with the Circa openers this week. I did not expect to be making 60 bets. I thought it'd be 30, numbers getting tighter. I haven't had that, you know, the greatest weeks recently, but I, I just felt like I was pushing buttons, and usually it, it says line has already moved. I got none of that this week. None, nothing, <laughs> hardly. So we'll see. Maybe I'm an idiot, but I, I'm sometimes I'm not betting enough to move these things. I'm not rebetting them. You know, max bet, turn right around 20 seconds later, max betting it again. So it wasn't only me on that one. Uh, I, I'm just looking forward to some action. Uh, obviously, I agree with the side moves, too. I didn't jump on them too much. I'm a little surprised Bowling Green. What you make that one? Because, I mean, that blew through my number. I'm not surprised they took money. Yeah, I, I thought, you know, blowing through three, I was a little surprised you made that four. Yeah, I agree that 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 actually, uh, you know, how much how much it's taken. Uh, there there is even some some soft opens that that had them a little small dog. Um, that uh, now, at, at, honestly, I'm. I, Where are I these places? Are these your Canadian places? Hey, listen, I gotta keep. Uh, you know, that's why I gotta keep these. Uh, you know, the, the the hammer guys on the payroll here. I, uh, our man <laughs> Jason had, had Tim Hortons for me. You know, I was lining him a few bucks there to to get down to the pro line, but. I mean, I, I can't. Like now, to be honest with you, I'd almost be inclined uh, to, to jump in on some Western Michigan. Now it's got you yeah, know, even four and a half now. I mean, <laughs> so that, that, that way too much Bowling Green steam for me um, now at this point. Um, the only, the, honestly, the only thing I, I think that is, is Buffalo. I, I had you know there were some one, some one and a half. I like that a lot. Um, but now oh, even great. that's gotten to three. Um, and that was that was the stop point for me was three. So uh, I wish we had more matching to give out. Just as you said, a lot of the the early you know because these games are happening on Tuesday that they took more action than than some of the Saturday stuff. It's just all their stuff kind of got got a hit. Agree. That was a good point too. I mean, even the guys that are bigger players than even Kanisha's Syndicate were betting in a fact <laughs> yeah. done the show. I mean, Kent State went up to seven in some spots. Yeah. I mean, wow. I I would say keep track of Rocky Lombardi. I don't know how you keep track. Hell, I don't know if he's in the lineup, out of the lineup. I will say if he's in the lineup and playing, 
Four seems a little bit cheap against a Central Michigan team that's been a huge disappointment so far this year. So that would be one that I keep track of. Other midweek game, I agree with App State taking a little bit of money there. Uh, UTEP Rice, who knows? I mean, what team? I mean, box of chocolates for both of those teams. And you don't know what's going to get. I got to check. Is there weather in the Oregon State-Washington game? Is that why it's down to 59? Because uh, your numbers-wise, that would say over for me on Friday. I haven't. I don't want to speak to it without checking, so I, I got to you know look at that before I would give you an answer. The other, I mean, when was the last time UConn was over a two TD favorite, like nineteen forty six or something? I know. Like, I would take like, Math, Massachusetts. I, I made a fourteen. I I agree. I uh, I don't know if I'll watch a second of that, uh, but I would be inclined to to bet UMass at the uh, the fifteen and a half or sixteen that those are out there right now couple more in the chat I want to get to. Uh, Brett Pippen, Oregon State plus four and a half at Washington. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, again, I want to check the weather. I want to go more over 59 there. But, again, check the weather. 58 and a half is available. I just, I mean, I, both offenses are very capable, I think. I mean, I got to look at the Oregon State quarterback situation. The backup has been okay, but they've lost a little bit without chance knowing the last couple of games. Couple more. Uh, Mickey Hill agreed with you. You got BGSU plus money. Where's this at? I'm looking at the the screen on Sunday morning. Like where where are these books at? I don't have them. I guess here in Vegas is unbelievable. Mickey Hill, baby. He knows he knows where uh, the you know the, in uh, whatever uh, you know the northern Vancouver. Uh, my guy uh, is you know going to a shop. So yeah, there. The, <laughs> we got we got to keep that from Mr. Powers. John uh, Costas in the chat, value with Vandy getting seven at home. Honestly, I mean, I'm very anti-South Carolina. I bet against them the last few weeks. I mean, it's down to six and a half in some places. I'd lay it with South Carolina. That's just me personally. I I just – I'd take South Carolina. My numbers say South Carolina there. I know Vandy's off a bye. South Carolina's generally speaking overrated, but – uh, that's pretty cheap. I think that number is 10 prior to last week if uh, South Carolina is not losing outright to Missouri, which I wasn't surprised that much by that result there. Well, do you have anything on that game? Did you take Vandy? Are you part of the reason why it's down to six and a half? No. You know, I, I leaned at some – I looked at the seven and a half, never fired. Uh, now it's through, as you said, through seven. No, it's not that even at seven, it, it would be a uh, pass for me. Mickey Hill, 17-mile-per-hour uh, wins at Washington. All right, that, that explains go. why there's steam on the uh, under there. Uh, Rutgers, 28 against Michigan. This is uh, also from Mickey Hill. Uh, yeah, that would be a spot where I'd, pro- I'd lean Rutgers plus 28. That's what I, my numbers would say that. I was more in that 25 range. I would need 28, but like, even at 28, I'm not running to the window. And, you know, oh, best bet of the week. I mean, I think Michigan's very capable of doing what Minnesota did to Rutgers last week. Now the question is, Rutgers got to take care of the football, and that's what that basically comes down to there. So, uh, yeah, they, did they you get involved? They played. I haven't gotten involved. They've only played Michigan close uh, the last couple of times they've played. Um, yeah. Uh, again, I think yeah, get the, the you know at, at the, some early twenty four, I would have played some Michigan. Now it's, I agree with you. I think it's fair. Um, if it got up to twenty eight, would I play Rutgers? Uh, maybe begrudgingly small, but um, it, it's not one that I'm looking to get too involved in. GS in the chat, any thoughts? Fresno under fifty nine. Yeah, I actually lean that way. Hawaii defensively has been much better after the bye. Three straight games, easily the under for them. Uh, lean under there. I mean, although the worry would be Hayner coming back, and now he's got a game under his belt. They can be much more effective offensively. That's why there's probably steam on the over there. 
So I, I get that a little bit, but I would lean under. Uh, Duke nine and a half at BC. I don't know. I just I'm more of historical outliers. This is from Stephen Robinson uh, in the chat. I just I mean, when's the last time Duke's been laying that kind of number on the road? And as bad as BC is, I mean, the box score wasn't horrific last week. It was you know turnovers did him in against Connecticut. So no, I, I'm not there. Are you betting Duke nine and a half? No, not say too far up there. Uh, I know BC's dead, but not nah, nine and a half, ten. No, you're you're paying too much for premium. Couple more, and we'll get out of here. Uh, in the chat, Michael Schultz talking about Kentucky, Missouri. We've seen some under steam. Makes sense. I think the two teams are a combined fourteen and two to the under this year. I, I get that. Uh, honestly, I would lean a little Kentucky. Uh, just you know, I, I think maybe a little overreaction to what we saw. Last week, I mean, Kentucky gets blown out. Missouri pulls it, plays their best game of the season. I, I sometimes like to go opposite that. I mean, especially at the at the Power Five level, and when it's you know numbers are tight, and it's more comparatively speaking to the NFL, where I mean teams aren't as bad as what they just looked like, or, or not as good as what they looked like just a week prior. So I'm going to lean Kentucky there. Yeah, uh, I bet Tech- some. I, I bet minus one twenty uh, in Kentucky. I agree with you. I thought the number was cheap. Uh, I would have had a little over three. I bet minus one twenty money line. Exactly. I mean, what is this number again? You shouldn't be. I guess this is the point I want to make. At this point in the season, we're in the November. You can't be adjusting teams' power rings three, four, five points at a time. This line has Kentucky more than a field goal favorite easily uh, prior to last week's performances. So yeah, I lean Kentucky a little bit there. Uh, South Florida road dog to anybody. I thought they're a road. You mean he means a road favorite. Uh, I am part of the Temple steam there, but it's where my number is now. I bet Temple plus six, three was my number. So no, no bet on that one. Now, any other games you want to hit here before we get out of here? No, I think that uh, that caps. That was uh, everything we were looking to get to. Though. All right, that's going to do it for the man, the myth, the legend himself. Joey Kanish, I'm Brad Powers. We just hit the books, part of the Hammer Betting Network. We'll talk to you guys next week.